Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that is now and truly international. I mean, the other... <laughs> The other week we were talking about how we were nearly international because I am Tosin, I am the host, I am calling, coming to you from the middle of the UK, um, a place called Bromsgrove, and Sharon was joining us on the Isle of Wight. Um, hi Sharon. Hello. And Sean was joining us that week from Bournemouth, so we were joking that we we're almost international, but now Sean has gone the whole hog, and he has decided, you know what, we're going to make this thing properly international. Sean, say hi to the people and tell us where you are speaking to us from right now. And typically, we've just lost Sean. <laughs> um, yes, well, I'm speaking from good old sunny Thailand, nice and warm. So uh, I'm in my hotel room. And uh, so the, the internet's a bit up and down. So you might, I might come in, I might go out, I might whatever. So, but yeah, I'm doing all right. So I'm in Thailand. The next time, I sh- it'll be the internet should be better and I can show you a bit of scenery. <laughs> okay, and also, but part of the reason why Sean cannot show us any of the scenery is because it is now what one o'clock in the morning in Thailand. So <laughs> one o'clock in the morning, yeah. It's one o'clock in the morning in Thailand. So after me, uh, me taking us exotic and recording in exotic locations like the car, my car, and a bar in Birmingham, Sean decided, you know what? I one up everybody in all the, in the number of films I see each week. You know, I'm going to warn up everybody in locations I record this from. I'm going to be in like my poolside hotel room, which I'm confined to in Thailand. So, <laughs> so yes, thanks, Sean. Thanks, so, but no, Sean, great effort, great effort to actually come here, and we'll see how it works. We'll see if you if the if if you stay long enough for us to actually find what you think about films. But I think, toast. Yep. I think I might have to. Uh, I might have to. Okay, so yes, Sean, kind of joining us from Thailand. We'll see how this works out in the edit. It's going to be a long edit for me to try and put everything in and put Sean in afterwards. But this week, we are going to be talking finally about Eternals. Eternals, which is the next big Marvel movie that's been released, which also means that in typical Marvel fashion, we can expect that there will be nothing else released for the next couple of weeks. We're not going to see much else in the cinemas in the next couple of weeks because everybody's going to be running scared because, oh my God, Marvel released a film. So, Sharon, you said you haven't seen The Eternals yet. No, I haven't. Um, circumstances have not allowed me to to see much at the cinema at all for the last few weeks. But um, it's on my watch list. I just haven't got there yet. No, no, but I remember when cinema came back and remember when we were first crying about the fact that we didn't have cinema, we're longing for cinema to come back. We went, oh, please, please bring cinema. We're tearing our clothes, begging for cinema to come back. And then cinema came back and then we, were, we started realizing, oh, yeah, oh, you actually have to, you have to, you have to make time for it and you have to figure out how your life fits in with timings at the cinema and uh, and at home you can just go well i go five minutes i'll catch up five minutes on that thing that yeah because circumstances almost didn't allow me to see any i've hardly seen anything in the last two weeks because of of life and kids and my kids like going to nursery and figuring out this whole thing because my wife's going back to work and and i'm like oh wow sometimes it's actually I, I, i managed to go to see the eternals and it was literally the only thing I did that day. <laughs> it was 
yeah. it was drop the kid off at nursery go see the film oh my god it's time to pick her up for the nursery i was like what but but where did the time go <laughs> yeah i actually had 10 days off work and normally that would be you know i'd better do everything i possibly could but um i had a poorly person in the house and so basically um i didn't do anything but <laughs> yeah looking after a poorly person <laughs> yeah but it's 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 one of those things it's well, I t- it tells you, okay, well, obviously we talk about Netflix versus cinema and every now and then we get a little bit philosophical about this whole thing that our show is named after. And it's one of the things that is a plus in the in the Netflix column. I can watch it at three o'clock in the morning. No big deal. Is that when I have the time? I can do it. Uh, but it tells you how much cinema brings an extra something that we're willing to put up with all this inconvenience, especially as films keep getting longer and longer. Like The Eternals is two and a half hours long. Why? <laughs> but yeah but we put up with it but anyway the eternals um if nobody knows anything about this or anybody i know nothing about it you know nothing about this okay so the eternals was written by an he's it's a legendary legendary um comic book writer called jack kirby who is um who, who is in very many circles he is um, credited as the co-creator of Spider-Man, even though Stan Lee took all the credit for that because Stan Lee was a big media whore. Quite frankly, <laughs> it's like, it's the only word I could think of. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, um, Jack Kirby is is like he he co-created Spider-Man, and so he did a lot of stuff. And Eternals is where he went a little bit bigger and decided to start thinking about philosophical ideas and went a little bit out there. Quite frankly, he is he is the guy who did Doctor Strange and a lot of the more psychedelic stuff in Doctor Strange. And the fact that Marvel have finally come to the point where they're like, you know what, we're going to do the Eternals. We're going to do a film of the Eternals. Tells you how confident they are getting because they are they are beginning to get to the point where they're like, we've done enough. People are willing to accept stuff from us. We're going to go for some of the more out there things. We're going to go for some of the more out. So this is the first Marvel movie. It starts off with a crawl. A bit like Star Wars to explain what the heck is happening before it actually kicks on, and there's all this sort of like mythology in it about a group called the Celestials who created a group called the Deviants and created another group called the Eternals, and the Eternals were sent to Earth to fight the Deviants because the Deviants were to protect the people of Earth, and it then you get to meet the Eternals. They're pretty much if you think like the Avengers, they're like that, but they're like the Avengers but alien. And they're sent to Earth. They look like humans, but they all have different powers. This one can fly and shoot beams out of his eyes. That one can can take what can transform things from this material to that material. This one can do illusions. That one's really fast. That one can control minds. This one's really good at making things mechanically. So the, I actually lost count of how many Eternals they are, but it's somewhere in the region of eight. It's somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in the region of eight. And the and the cast is quite eclectic you have from salma hayek to angelina jolie to Gemma chan to richard madden to barry keogh it's quite a it's quite a, a wide wide range of people i mean and this film has been a lot said about the representation that you see in this film like the fact that one of the eternals is deaf the fact that the 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 eternals are not just a whole bunch of white men for in, for instance the fact that the leader of the eternals is salma hayek uh, played a character called ajak and they arrive on Earth in 5,000 BC. So they've been on Earth a long time. <laughs> 5,000 BC, they show up and they start fighting the Deviants. And you see throughout history, different points of history, how they have sometimes influenced some 
fairy tales in different cultures and how they've actually how they like the Greek myths or the Nephilim and that sort of thing. It, let's let's put it this way: one of the one of them is called Icarus. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of them. One of them is called Icarus, and uh, they and there's bits where they they sort of hint at the fact that it's like, yeah, yeah, somebody else made up that story when we were in Athens in our <laughs> time and all that, and that that he was the source of the legend. So they have this whole thing where the 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 Eternals have been around for ages, and they've but they've been on Earth and they had this mission, and every now and then one of them sort of co uh, communicates with the Celestial who created them and sent them to Earth for this mission, and. Then, as the film goes on, it might get a bit spoilerific to say how this thing sort of like goes out. But years ago, they they thought they completed the mission and they split up. They split up. They went off to different corners of the earth. And the first bit of the film is kind of like, oh, we've got to get the get the band back together because you have this one's in London and that one is in in um, South Dakota and this person's in India and has become a Bollywood star and this person is and you have all these and. There's a, there's a, you know how much I love the Blues Brothers. I you know how much I always go on about the Blues Brothers. There's a little, there's a very sort of Blues Brothers thing where they sort of getting the band back together, where they have to go in there and say, we need you to get, we need to come on board. And people have come on, and so that bit I actually really, really liked. I like the fact that you've seen them coming together. I like the fact that there was this idea of the, of them being this sort of weird family, <laughs> coming, coming back together. And this film has gotten a lot of stick and a lot of abuse and a lot of bad reviews. And I've got to be honest, I don't see why. I don't see why the reviews are they're saying, oh, it's lackluster, blah, 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 blah. I thought it was actually really, really good. I thought it was, it's, I thought for, try, for a superhero movie trying to grapple with the big ideas and going over, because the, the time span of this film is 7,000 years. And going over a time span of 7,000 years, I thought that they did quite well. Obviously, it is a superhero movie, so there has to be a bit where everybody gets together and fights some big bad. The film's a bit confused as to who its big bad is, and it's. It, I think it tries to do a bait and switch where it tries to go. Oh, this is the. These are the bad guys. These are the bad guys. These are the bad guys. Oh no no okay now oh no no those are the bad guys. Those, are, but oh yeah but we we started saying that those are the bad guys. So we've got to wrap that up in some way. So uh, you guys go deal with those bad guys. You guys go and it that bit is not done that well. That well, it's really, really not done that well. But um, all in all, I really, really liked this. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good um, addition to the Marvels of Cinematic Universe. And it's opened up the cosmic sector of what mm -hmm. the hell are they going to do next? <laughs> and it's, it, and this, is, this is one of those moments where, as much as I'm a Marvel fan, I get a bit worried because I'm like, this, it could go quite nebulous. It could go huge. It could go wide. And therefore, it could become unwieldy, start to eat and itself, and then just implode in on itself, and just implode in on itself, or disappear up mm -hmm. its own backside because it's too unwieldy. And they're trying to do the multiverse thing, and that really, really, really makes me nervous. <laughs> but so, but but for this, I thought it was a good film. I would give it, a, I would give it a three out of five because mm -hmm. it, because I I think they have the whole thing of trying to introduce you to a whole new bunch of characters and there's a whole bunch and it's 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 a bit of an origin story quite frankly there's a lot of work to do yeah is it how important is it to have to be up to speed in the the marvel world because it, as you say it has but it is constantly expanding yeah whereas once it was like there was one film every couple of years and you can yeah. more or less keep up with it now you've got this mini series coming out you've got the the disney plus the, the sort of unique yep, bits yep. that they've brought in. All, all the, yeah. You've got all this stuff. And then you've got the other, you've also got the other films like the Shang-Chi film. Oh, yeah, Shang-Chi, yeah. 
and you think I haven't I haven't seen all of the Disney Plus series and I missed the last couple of films so I'm wondering am I getting out of the loop more or do I need to do my homework before I can see this film I was surprisingly I was surprised this is this is really standalone like cool. you you could go to this film and not watch any of the other Marvel films and apart from uh Apart from a, a re- reference here and there to Thanos, or yes, about, in the trailer I saw that they yeah, referenced Thanos. Yeah, or a bit where they talk about Iron Man and Captain America, and a bit where they talk about um, or five years ago where half the population disappeared. They, uh, that's it. You could watch this film and not watch any other Marvel film. I was really surprised at how standalone that's it was. Assuring. Yeah, I was surprised. Sometimes how... when I see a new film coming out, I'm thinking, oh, but I don't yeah. think I've seen the last one yet, or the last series, <laughs> and I don't think I've seen all of the end credits bits, but all of the last things. So... <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's actually quite funny. I have a friend, Madisha, Madisha Duckworth, and we're on a WhatsApp group, and someone was talking about whether they should go see Eternals. This was before I saw it. And so they went to see Eternals. They, they, they went to see Eternals, and the, and the other one was like, what? But... What, 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 they're still making Marvel movies? And I was like, yeah. And I showed her a slate of all the movies that are coming out over the next couple of years. And she was like, but but I took two weeks off to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> she actually taken two weeks off to catch up all the way up to Endgame because she thought that was the end. And she's like, I'm, I'm never going to catch up. <laughs> no. Well, I still uh, haven't seen all of the previous. I haven't seen all of the Iron Man films. Oh, yeah? And I think I've seen most of the others, but... And I haven't seen all the Hulk films either. So I missed a few, but I sort of managed to sort of, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's, there, there's some of them, the Hulk films you can skip. Nothing nothing, in, uh, nothing interconnected really happens in those. But um, yeah, but this one is, there might be stuff going forward, but it is really, really not really connected. And that's a big part of the Eternals is the fact that they were ordered because a big part of the sort of philosophical questions is someone even asks them, hang on a second, if you guys are Eternals and if you guys have been on Earth this whole time, why didn't you get involved when that happened? And why didn't you get involved when that happened? And why didn't you get involved? And they were ordered to not get involved. Almost kind of like, you know, when a scientist goes to a place and don't interfere. It's like, yeah. unless it has to do with this, don't interfere. And they were ordered to not, to not do that. And that's why they well, say... sounds like the prime directive. <laughs> Yeah, and I I quite like what they do with their version of the Prime Directive in this film, and I'll leave. I quite like what they do with it. It's one thing that you look at the end and you go, "That tracks. That makes sense." That and, and it's one of the films where the sort of big end, sort of end of the world event is tied in quite well with the story, and it sort of like goes back to the beginning, and so you can go, "Oh wow." Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's what was going on from the very beginning. So it's, and I, I quite, I quite liked it. There's some bits where it goes a bit sort of comic book movie, and it's like we do that. Why? Because reasons. Why? Why did, why did that happen then? How come we can suddenly do that and you couldn't do it before? Well, I'm surprised myself, but we're not going to explain it. So, <laughs> so it's, and obviously there's a big deal made about the fact that it's directed by Chloe Zhao, who directed Nomadland, which, and so she's she is the current best director uh, from the Oscars, and. Yeah, but, uh, but I feel like when you go to a superhero movie, there's only so much that you can notice the director. Although there are some bits, especially when it comes to inter- interpersonal relationships of the Eternals, that I think I can see her hand on. It's a bit more focused on the interpersonal relationships of the Eternals and how they 
and how they become this weird little family that maybe some other films might be. But anyway, I have said enough about that. I think I've gone on for way longer than my five minutes <laughs> on that. But Eternals, three out of five. Don't believe the reviews. Go make up your own mind is what I would say. Go go watch it. Yeah, Don't believe the reviews, including this one. <laughs> go, go, go make up your own mind. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to go over, as we usually do, we... Um, Five, a couple of things in cinema, a couple of things at home. We're going to go over to Disney Plus now. We're going to talk about why The Last Man, which Sharon, you have finally finished watching. And um, I own the graphic novel for this. I love it. It's one of my favorite graphic novels. I think it's one of the, the best graphic novels that's been written. So you just want to tell us a little bit about what The Last Man is and what you thought about this show. Yeah, I came, I came to it without having any prior knowledge. Why The Last Man is a 10-episode first season. I gather there's probably going to be more on Disney+. Plus. And it, a, an event, we don't know why or what the event was, but suddenly on one day, all the men in the world, all the male species of, of every subspecies and species, as well as humans, all the men died um, and started hemorrhaging, bleeding, choking, dying. Yeah. Without warning and without any seeming any trigger and then this leaves a world one depleted by half its population and then almost entirely populated by women mm. and but amongst all this chaos there is one man and one monkey yeah uh, that seemingly for no through no act of their own through no conscious thing that they've done any different to anyone else they survive and the, the, then you see the story as it unfolds over these ten episodes. Is you know what what does the last man on earth do? Yeah, it happens that he is the son of the uh, member of Congress, and in the whole like designated survivor type thing, because all of her male colleagues have um, predeceased her. Yeah, she is basically becomes through a process of like. Okay, all the more senior members of the cabinet have died. She becomes president. Yes. And she has to sort of navigate her way through, one, what's to do with her, when she finds out that her son is living, what to do with her, the last man on earth, seemingly the last man on earth. Yeah. How to navigate, um, how to keep a country running when half of its population have gone. And as they say in one point of the film, that... Um, in the boardrooms around the world and in the boardrooms around the country, there aren't that many women sitting on the boards. Yeah. So when suddenly you lose all the men, you may find there's only one person that the nuclear can run a nuclear power station. Yeah. Is a junior executive. There isn't anyone who has been given any power in that yeah. organization yeah. left to run it. And so you see this across the world where before women were underrepresented, suddenly there's no one who to pick up the pieces of these things. Yeah, I, I... and then sort of gender politics comes into play. You know, if in a world without men, would it suddenly become all lovely and peaceful? And then would it be, you know, all sisters together? Mm. Or would you then start to see the fractures within um, the sisterhood, as it were? Like, if someone is a trans man, but they so they haven't got that Y chromosome, they're still alive. They're men because they you know they've transitioned but they're the, the women are saying well you're not a real man because you, know, you used to be a woman so you're not a real man that's why you're still alive yeah and so you've got these gender politics you've got a lot of actually things that are quite current in our world are like 
examined in a different way through yeah. this drama. Yeah. So you see, these, there's loads of threads going through the series, as you would imagine. So I'm not going to pick up on all of them, but you see these threads that are quite topical running through it, as if to say, what would a world be like without men, and what would the world be like if you were the last one on there? You see, you see now this is this they share it. You are making me uh, just that that synopsis is making me want to. It's making me to want to go read the book, or read the novel again, because I loved that whole thing about it. I loved that, like essentially what you just said that the if you go rid of all the men, what next? What happens next? And all, and I love the fact that it. it, it anyway, so anyway, this is not a review of the graphic novels, a view of the TV show. So, what did you think of the TV show? Yeah, I found it. I was intrigued. I was intrigued by it in some ways. I thought that they um, they kept me gripped. Because I quite like, I read some apocalyptical fiction, mm-hmm. um, so it appealed to me in that sense. Though you want to think, you know, what is there? If you limit half of the species on the planet, is there a future? Can you have a future beyond the generation that now lives? Yeah. Essentially, you're not going to be. There isn't going to be any more children. Yeah. Or unless you know people suddenly because even women who are pregnant with male sort of fetuses, they sort of miscarry. Yeah. So it was, yeah, that's sort of an avenue to explore. So it was interesting. They're intriguing premises there. I found it quite, the characters were played quite sympathetically. Even some of the ghastlier ones, you think, okay, you get to understand them. They're not all just, there's many sort of nuances and shades of grey. Yes. No one's all good. No one's all bad. There aren't any, there isn't like the old, to use the, again, a literary sort of thing. Sort of the virgin whore dichotomy. There isn't that. There's oh, like yeah, yeah. nuance. So there aren't like they, they, you're like a good woman and you're like a bad woman. You're they're like womanhood and mm. all its you know, sort of shades. Yes. So I found it interesting. So I would say I probably found it interesting more than I love, love, loved it. Yeah. So I would certainly say it's competently made. It's well p- played. All the actors do their job. Um, there's plenty to intrigue you where you think. Yeah, that really is an interesting sort of moral question. So cutting all that down to what I would rate it as, I would I don't know if I'd give it a strong or a or but I I'm still gonna have to go a strong three, I think. All right. A strong I think it's edging towards a four. The my only sort of queries is it's I know it's it's quite brutal in places, there's violence in it, there's quite yes. a lot of um, it's quite sweary, so it's quite adult in its content, mm-hmm. and so, in with you know that's sort of my own personal thing. Um, so I would say to me, it's a strong three, but I wouldn't quite go as far as a four for me personally. But it was yeah, certainly worth a watch. All right, good stuff. I, I might actually pick that up. Uh, for, for, for read that. But you know, I'm going to be like, I'm going to go watch it. I'm going to be like, hang on a second, that wasn't in the novel. You've changed the text. You've changed the sacred text, <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> It's like what Yorick ampersand doesn't sound like that. <laughs> like that. Yeah, but it's uh oh, Dan, yeah, uh, that's an interesting twist though, isn't it? Why the last man? It represents like the Y chromosome. Yes, and also the last man. His name is Yorick. It's Yorick, so. yeah, yeah. The, the, well, they did that. It begins with a Y. Yeah, they did that. They did that totally on purpose. But <laughs> but, <it's, laughs> but um yeah, it's uh it, oof no it, it's. Okay, see now I want to sort of like delve into it and start going, how about this bit? Did they do this bit? Did they do that bit? What bit does it end? Oh, did that happen? <laughs> and it's 
Oh, uh, it's I, I really, really, really like the, the graphic novel. But okay, we go back to cinemas now. We go back to cinemas. We'll hopefully by the time we've done this, we've spoken to Shona. We've put his stuff in. But um, if we haven't, hey, it's just us. Uh, so you went to the cinema and you managed to see C.S. Lewis, some subtitle. A most reluctant convert. All right, cool. So, well, so this was in the cinema. Is there yes, like? Yes, I think it's not had a general release. It was just one of those. It was only shown once on Sunday afternoon. All right. Which, um, and it was only one of the small screens. So I think they were like, and it's a, it's a Christian film. What was it by any chance organised by a church? I don't think the screening was. I think it's across the country, but they were doing this one day across the country, across the cinemas all over the place, right. just having this one showing on the Sunday afternoon. And it was like a double feature in that they did the making of the film and then you see the film. All right. Oh, okay. And it's based on a book, based on a stage play. Oh, and wow. so basically, you see, uh, C.S. Lewis narrating his own life. So you see an older C.S. Lewis looking back on his childhood, his youth, his experience in the First World War, and then his um, his conversion to Christianity, mm-hmm. and how for him that was like the pivotal moment in his life. Yes, was his conversion to Christianity, that he had abandoned any sort of religious belief as a child when his mother died and he spent his adolescence and his youth and in his 20s um having no regard for religion other than no regard to dismiss it basically yeah and it was only when he was a fellow at ox at cambridge university and was he oxford i can never remember i think he was oxford i think tolkien was cambridge Oh no 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 no! They were both together. No 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 no! It was Oxford. It was Oxford. They were both in Oxford. Yeah. Yes. So it was only when basically he made friends with Tolkien and there was another scholar of a similar ilk, who were both committed Christians, that they, um, basically convinced him of the rightness of what what they believed, and he was became convinced himself. So it is the story of his basically his conversion to Christianity, and he described himself that there never was a more miserable, reluctant convert in the history of Christianity, because intellectually he he it was like almost like a case for Christ, but this yeah, was yeah, yeah. his own version of that, where he basically got to the point where he couldn't deny the gospel, yeah. and so he he accepted it, but he said. He was sweating and pacing and he was the most reluctant man ever to accept his fate, mm-hmm. you know, in Christendom. And then when he did obviously embrace that Christianity, it re- literally did transform his life and his work. And it sort of fueled his sort of creativity because he wrote his, you know, the Narnia Chronicles yeah. and things like near Christianity that he wrote. He wrote yeah. Case Boy. Screwtape Letters. Uh, Tape letters yeah. and there's his science fiction trilogy so his his creative output was you know, entirely shaped by this this conversion when he was just short of his th- just before his 30s oh so okay now so sharon you and i are both christians we we, yeah. we both identify as that i think that i think that's a good parlance to use nowadays we identify as christians <laughs> and, <laughs> and um uh but personally speaking i have there's a certain type of christian um media output that i would look at and say that is just straight up propaganda (laughs) that that it it, yeah yeah you you look you look at that and you go oh for goodness sake this is not going to make anybody even think that you that you know you're a reasonable person to talk to it's just gonna be like it just comes across as yes tub dump it and yes look how great we are why aren't you believing what we believe 
where does this fall down? Does this fall down on the propaganda side of things or on the this is a human being whose whose life we're telling? In some ways, I think this is probably I think Christians will appreciate this film more than anyone outside of the faith, outside of the church. Mm-hmm. I can't see it being being a crossover film. It's quite dry. Mm-hmm. And it's almost that's quite intellectual, the way C.S. Lewis was himself. Yeah. So I think most people who are, are fans of C.S. Lewis are probably from the church community. So, and the way it was presented was quite dry. It wasn't, even though it was like he was narrating his life and it was, you see it sort of dramatically played out. It's still, you still, because you had that device of the narrate, he was narrating it, you were also, he was like a spectator on those events. Yeah. So we too were a spectator on those events and you didn't really feel drawn into them. Oh, yeah. You were, you were also like a, he was stood back watching these things. And so we were stood back watching these things. So the device to tell the story separated us from it to a certain degree. So I think. I don't. I can't see this film appealing to like the mass, a mass audience. But when I looked around, because I'm you know the church communities around the place, even cross denominational, we know each other. Yeah. And looking around the church, I recognise people from other churches. So it really was like a a Christian film for Christians, and I yeah. really would would struggle to see, even though it was very well done, and it makes you think, what a towering intellect C.S. Lewis had. You know, he was. He wasn't when people say, Oh, you feel you have to be sort of slightly simple or you have to be slightly naive or you have to be slightly, you know, um, intellectually lacking to embrace Christianity because it you know, sort of appeals to the, you know, different things in us. Yeah. And you think, well, actually, you can't describe C.S. Lewis as any of those things, nor could you describe J.R. or Tolkien as any of those things. These were intellectuals who were not just intelligent, they were had these strong yeah. anal- analytical insightful intellects and they if they could have found any flaw in it they would have done <laughs> and they would have abandoned it as like i wouldn't i cannot count on believing in something that's utter nonsense so yeah okay okay so so if you're putting your critical eye on and the way you would look at this is how many stars would you give it i i would give it a three a solid three i couldn't say it was a strong three it was a solid three this one because you know it appealed to me because i quite like that sort of analytical looking at that sort of dis you know that dispassionate look at things sometimes yeah but then it also made me realize that i wasn't emotionally connecting with the story yeah so i would say it it would it was three so i found it really interesting but not emotionally engaging all right cool good stuff right we have one more thing to do but um we have about a minute left so log on log back on log off and back on yes all right cool see you in a second so um, we now go on to the final thing that well, well, it might be the final thing. It depends on whether we get Sean on this or not. This might be the final thing you hear about this week. If not, if we're ready to get actually speak to Sean, you will hear some other stuff as well. So this is what if because I decided to be a total cliche uh, parody of myself and become a Marvel, the Marvel correspondent for the week. I got to see Eternals. Let's see. That's what. So you were talking about all this interconnected stuff that they're doing between TV and film and all that. So I was like, oh, we saw something in in in. In cinemas with um, Eternals, and I'm going to see some Marvel stuff at home with What If dot 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 question mark. So, What If is as it, the, what it says in the day is essentially it's a it's a series of alternate takes on Marvel stories. 
So you have things like, what if um, Peggy Carter took the so- super soldier st- serum instead of um, Steve Rogers? So you actually, instead of having a Captain America, you essentially have a Captain Captain Carter who's Britain and has like, you know, a Union Jack on her shield and all that. It's, um, it's, and so... Th- it's a whole bunch of different things which some of which I think are intriguing and some of which I think are kind of like whoever thought that so for instance like what if Captain Carter took the uh, serum I'm like yes I'm I'm down with that I can get behind why, uh, why that but it's like what if T'Challa were, became Star-Lord so if uh, T'Challa from Black Panther was taken from Earth and became the leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy and I'm like I never thought that. <laughs> never thought that for one second. I'm like, it's like, why did you come up with that? And so there's some of them which are. There's one of them which is like, what if Thor was an only son? And sometimes the title of the episode doesn't really tell you what happens in the episode. Like, what if Thor was an only son? So obviously the idea being that Loki never showed up on the scene, and that. But the funny thing about that episode is that that episode, that half an hour episode, ends up being a better, more affecting take on the Thor story than the film Thor itself. <laughs> which, which, um, which I think for me, it, 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 just, it just highlights to me how much more confident Marvel have gotten over the last 10 years as they've been building this thing that they've known how to tell these stories and they've known what people will take because the first Thor movie, the first movie of any one of these characters, I think is usually quite tentative. It's quite kind of, oh, let's just step gently here. Let's not go for anything. Let's just swing for the fences. Let's see if people will like it. But then as things went along, usually by the third film of, of the third Captain America, the third Iron Man, the third Thor, they're going, okay, cool. Now we're going to swing for the fences. We know what people can take. By the time you get to Endgame, and, and I think What If is really, it starts off, each episode starts off with a character called Uatu, voiced by um, Jeffrey Wright who tells you that he's the watcher and he watches all the possible all the possibilities that could happen so this happens here it's it's like what if um you know tony stark in um, at the whatever the beginning of um iron man in in Afghanistan, Tony Stark was never injured and never taken into a cave. What if he was saved by Killmonger, the bad guy from um, from yeah. Black Panther? What if he was saved? What would have happened then? So you would never have had an Iron Man, and how would that have gone on? I know what what would, how would the world have looked different? And and uh, some of them, I think most of them are actually really really well done. One of them that I did not expect to be as affecting as it was was um, the Doctor Strange one. Is what if Doctor Strange lost his it says, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? So, you know, in the Doctor Strange movie, he's a surgeon, he crashes, he has nerve damage, so he can't perform surgery anymore. And that's what sends him off on his, uh, on his quest to... But in, th- in this one, it's, it's changed slightly, and it's what, what it does to him and how he kind of becomes obsessed with trying to bring somebody back to life and what it does. And I, that was actually a really, really effective story that I did not... Uh, I did not expect coming. There's another one of oh, what if Ultron won? So obviously the age of Ultron. And the thing is that it goes through all these separate realities just of going, okay, what happens here? What happens here? And this is this is Marvel beginning to delve into the multiverse, saying these are all these different realities, all these different things that could happen. Some of them are a little bit of a fun aside, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. Some of them are, seem to go a little bit more serious. But by the time it gets to the end, you really you see what they're actually trying to do. And the final episode of What If brings all of these strands together and says all these different What Ifs. This is where they lead to to this one one big thing, and it actually, it actually sets up some stuff for that. There's possibilities because, as I said, I'm getting a bit worried about where Marvel is going next because it's well. It, 
it's 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 infinite. There's loads of different ways they could go. It could mm. eat itself. It could blow up. It could, and so it, it worries me slightly because they could do anything from here. But I guess that that's also kind of the excitement about it is that they could do anything from here. And how they go about it and how they decide to take this whole thing about the new op- opportunities that they have will determine whether Marvel continues this run that it's been on or will determine whether it's falls flat on his face and whether this is where it all ends and we go well that was an amazing run that has never been seen before in the history of cinema thank you for that kevin feige but it's over now so <laughs> so it's so yeah, yeah but um the, so the the tv show itself i think just going through some of the different possibilities of what could have happened it recreates some shots because it's all animated it recreates some shots almost shot for shot from the films to say oh imagine this scene but with something changed that scene well with something changed mm-hmm. and i uh well being a marvel fan i really really liked it but i think that they also did quite good they made good use of them alternative reality thing to x to 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 uh, examine some things that possibly would they would not have been able to do it on the big screen or might have been prohibitively expensive where, and might have been too risky because they don't know if anybody would have gone for it. So, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, oh, uh, they even have one. It's like, what if zombies? So what if there's a zombie plague that takes over the Marvel world and pretty much half the half the superheroes become zombies? What do you do then? And it's... And it's uh, but uh, anyway... Uh, I'll, I'll stop talking but all in all i would give it just about a four just about a four there are some episodes that are better than others some episodes which are higher quality than others some which, which hold your attention more than others but all in all i would give this series a four okay any questions on that sharon i know it's animated and you might not you, for that you shall you might avoid it forever but <laughs> any questions you have about what if i quite like speculative sort of things so um it's interesting I mean, I don't know if I could tolerate the whole series, but there might be ones I think, I might actually better sit through an hour of the animation for, <laughs> for that. Or, uh, an hour, an hour a week. Well, okay, well, okay, so let's give oh, you a... Oh, don't do an hour a week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Let's go through it. What if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? What if That one T'Cha- sounds intriguing. Yeah, that, that one is definitely intriguing. What if T'Challa became a Star-Lord? I think it's a rubbish title, but they actually do quite... There's there's some really... Okay, so you know there's the actor Jimon... Jim, I'm not sure whether it's pronounced Jimon or Jaimon. Honsu. Yes, yeah. yeah, Honsu. Yeah, and of... So he plays a character called Korath. Korath the... Uh, Korath the Abuser or something like that. In, and he, he's shown up in Captain, Captain Marvel and he's shown up in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, I and, remember him from Guardians. And you have him there, but he doesn't really do anything in those films. Like he doesn't he just sort of stands there being posing and then gets dispatched. And in the in the what if T'Challa became a Star Lord, if for no other reason, for the fact they bring Jaimon Husu back to to voice this character, and his his reaction every time he's around T'Challa is hilarious. <laughs> he just totally fanboys all over him. He's like, "Oh my God, it's Star Lord! I can't believe it's you!" <laughs> it's like, and I think for that alone. Well, from what I thought was a rubbish title, for that alone, I was like, yes, yes, this worth, this is worth it. What if the the world lost its mightiest heroes? So this is essentially, it's kind of like, uh, almost like a slasher movie where mm-hmm. somebody's going off and picking off the Avengers one by one and they're trying to figure out who's doing it, why they're doing it and how they're doing it. 
is it just to interject sorry for a moment is it the same style throughout or is it they have they have a different sort of animated style it's 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 the same animated style throughout so it's it's, right okay yeah it looks the same it looks the same what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? What if zombies? That's just the title of the episode. What if zombies? Um, what if what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? What if Thor were an only child? I actually mentioned most of these. What if Ultron won? So essentially, what if Ultron at the end of Age of Ultron actually managed to do what he wanted to do and get rid of that? That what that is a that is a dystopian. That is massively dystopian. It's actually really <laughs> upsetting. It's really upsetting. And then the final one. What if the Watcher broke his oath? Oh, so nine episodes. So I, I would say, but if there was, if I was going to tell you one to watch, I would say Captain Carter, the first episode. What if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? Yeah, I would say watch that one because I think that that what it manages to. Because if you remember the end of the first Captain America movie, and I think Captain America, it Marvel are really good at ending the movies on a really on like the last line of the the movies is usually spot on. And I think the, the Captain America, the first Avengers, has one of the most affecting last lines where Captain America wakes up in the present day, realizes that he's been asleep for 70 years, and Nick Fury goes, Captain, are you okay? And he goes, it's okay. I just, I had a date. And it just ends on his face yeah. with, with him realizing everything he's lost, and he just says, I had a date. And I don't know why, but that line kind of like just gets me. It just mm-hmm. gets me every time. And... Captain Carter with the first Avenger manages, manages to recreate, without doing that line, manages to recreate that kind of feeling again in a half an hour. It's, some of these are masterful. Some of these are masterful. I think the, the, what if Thor were an only child is really funny. And funnily enough, what if Thor was an only child, there has a more believable love story between Thor and um, Jane. Jane. Yeah, Jane. What's her last name? I can't remember. It's not Jane Porter. No, no, that's Natalie Portman who plays her. Anyway, it has a it has a more yeah. believable story between Thor and Jane than the film Thor does. Because I remember, I remember watching the film Thor and going, "Where the heck did that come from? That that, yeah. that you, you didn't build you, you didn't build that up whatsoever." But the animated version, in half an hour, you're like, "I totally get this. I totally believe that these two. Are, <laughs> it's <laughs> like a crazy, crazy bender." But anyway, yeah. But that's it. Three star, no, four stars for. Um, uh, what if? So we'll see what Sean says, and that might change the change the um, our, our scores. But uh, so uh, far, who do you think won this week, Sharon? Who do you think? Um, Tentahooks. Home viewing Tentahooks. won this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a home, home by one point. Home uh, viewing, three and a four viewing. and a three and a three. Yes, home viewing won this week. So this week we're saying the best place that our money was spent was Netflix, even though we just about made it to the cinema by the skin of our teeth. Yes. So, so until next time, um, it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye for me. And we shall be seeing, I think my aim is to see Ghostbusters Afterlife for next week. Um, you try to get to the cinema this week. It all depends on yeah, the 40 person in the house. Yeah, yeah. Um, so hopefully I will get there. And I might even manage to see Last Night in Soho and give you guys a review yeah, of what, yeah, that'd what be I think. Good. I've been trying to see it, but it's only, it's 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 down to one showing now. Oh. One showing at like 9 p.m., which might work if I pick the right day. But anyway, till next week, goodbye. Adios.